Today is the fourth day of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today and every day. I guess this is my special day. Today is my birthday, and I'm not much into that. Uh, the passing of time and the the growing in age, that was something that I longed for when I was much younger. I looked forward to growing up someday, but now not so much. So I have uh, stopped going in chronological years and I'm just kind of counting my life by daily audio Bible years. So today is my 19th birthday. The 19th time I've reached this, uh, this juncture in my life and cross through this threshold. So I am glad to be here with you today for the 19th time on the fourth day of March. And I'm excited for us to take our next step forward, just getting going in the book of Numbers. And so let's dive in for today. We'll read chapters two and three. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. The Israelites are to camp under their respective banners beside the flags of their ancestral families. They are to camp around the tent of meeting at a distance from it. Judah's military divisions will camp on the east side toward the sunrise under their banner. The leader of the descendants of Judah is Nation, son of Amminadab. His military division numbers 74,600. The tribe of Issachar will camp next to it. The leader of the Issacharites is Nethanel, son of Zuar. His military division numbers 54,400. The tribe of Zebulun will be next. The leader of the Zebulunites is Eliab, son of Elon. His military division numbers 57,400. The total number in their military divisions who belong to Judah's encampment is 186,400. They will move out first. Reuben's military divisions will camp on the south side under their banner. The leader of the Reubenites is Elazur, son of Shadur. His military division numbers 46,500. The tribe of Simeon will camp next to it. The leader of the Simeonites is Shalumiel, son of Zurashaddai. His military division numbers 59,300. The tribe of Gad will be next. The leader of the Gadites is Eliasaph, son of Duol. His military division numbers 46,650. The total number in their military divisions who belong to Reuben's encampment is 151,450. They will move out second. The tent of meeting is to move out with the Levites' camp, which is in the middle of the camps. They are to move out just as they camp, each in his place with their banners. Ephraim's military divisions will camp on the west side under their banner. The leader of the Ephraimites is Elishama, son of Amihud. His military division numbers 40,500. The tribe of Manasseh will be next to it. The leader of the Manassites is Gamaliel, son of Petazur. His military division numbers 32,200. 
The tribe of Benjamin will be next. The leader of the Benjaminites is Abidan, son of Gideoni. His military division numbers 35,400. The total in their military divisions who belong to Ephraim's encampment number 108,100. They will move out third. Dan's military divisions will camp on the north side under their banner. The leader of the Danites is Ahaitzer, son of Amishadai. His military division numbers 62,700. The tribe of Asher will camp next to it. The leader of the Asherites is Pagiel, son of Okran. His military division numbers 41,500. The tribe of Naphtali will be next. The leader of the Naphtalites is Ahira, son of Enan. His military division numbers 53,400. The total number who belongs to Dan's encampment is 157,600. They are to move out last with their banners. These are the Israelites registered by their ancestral families. The total number in the camps by their military divisions is 603,550. But the Levites were not registered among the Israelites, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. They camped by their banners in this way and moved out the same way, each man by his clan and by his ancestral family. These are the family records of Aaron and Moses at the time the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of Aaron's sons, Nadab the firstborn and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. These are the names of Aaron's sons, the anointed priests who were ordained to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died in the Lord's presence when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no sons. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests under the direction of Aaron, their father. The Lord spoke to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them to the priest Aaron to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and the entire community before the tent of meeting by attending to the service of the tabernacle. They are to take care of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting and perform duties for the Israelites by attending to the service of the tabernacle. Assign the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They have been assigned exclusively to him from the Israelites. You are to appoint Aaron and his sons to carry out their priestly responsibilities. But any unauthorized person who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. The Lord spoke to Moses. See... I have taken the Levites from the Israelites in place of every firstborn Israelite from the womb. The Levites belong to me, because every firstborn belongs to me. At the time I struck down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated every firstborn in Israel to myself, both man and animal. They are mine. I am the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. Register the Levites by their ancestral families and their clans. You are to register every male one month old or more. So Moses registered them in obedience to the Lord as he had been commanded. These were Levi's sons by name. Gershon, 
Goath, and Merari. These were the names of Gershon's sons by their clans, Libni and Shimei. Koath's sons by their clans were Amram, Itzar, Hebron, and Uziel. Merari's sons by their clans were Mali and Mushi. These were the Levite clans by their ancestral families. The Libnite clan and the Shimeite clan came from Gershon. These were the Gershonite clans. Those registered, counting every male one month old or more, numbered 7,500. The Gershonite clans camped behind the tabernacle on the west side, and the leader of the Gershonite families was Eliasaph, son of Leel. The Gershonites' duties at the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle, the tent, its covering, the screen for the entrance to the tent of meeting, the hangings in the courtyard, the screen for the entrance to the courtyard that surrounds the tabernacle and the altar, and the tent ropes, all the work relating to these. The Amramite clan, the Izzarite clan, the Hebronite clan, and the Uzziahite clan came from Koath. These were the Kohatites. Counting every male one month old or more, there were 8,600 responsible for the duties of the sanctuary. The clans of the Kohatites camped on the south side of the tabernacle, and the leader of the families of the Kohatite clans was Elzaphon, son of Uziel. Their duties involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the sanctuary utensils that were used with these, and the screen, and all the work relating to them. The chief of the Levite leaders was Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest. He had oversight of those responsible for the duties of the sanctuary. The Maulite clan and the Mushite clan came from Merari. These were the Merarite clans. Those registered, counting every male one month old or more, numbered 6,200. The leader of the families of the Merarite clans was Zeruiah, son of Abihail. They camped on the north side of the tabernacle. The assigned duties of Merari's descendants involved the tabernacle's supports, crossbars, pillars, bases, all its equipment, and all the work related to these in addition to the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, and ropes. Moses, Aaron, and his sons, who performed the duties of the sanctuary as a service on behalf of the Israelites, camped in front of the tabernacle on the east, in front of the tent of meeting toward the sunrise. Any unauthorized person who came near it was to be put to death. The total number of all the Levite males, one month old or more, that Moses and Aaron registered by their clans at the Lord's command was 22,000. The Lord told Moses, Register every firstborn male of the Israelites, one month old or more, and list their names. You are to take the Levites for me. I am the Lord, in place of every firstborn among the Israelites and the Levites' cattle in place of every firstborn among the Israelites' cattle. So Moses registered every firstborn among the Israelites, as the Lord commanded him. The total number of the firstborn males one month old or more listed by name was 22,273. The Lord spoke to Moses again. Take the Levites in place of every firstborn among the Israelites 
and the Levites' cattle in place of their cattle. The Levites belong to me. I am the Lord. As the redemption price for the 273 firstborn Israelites who outnumber the Levites, collect five shekels for each person, according to the standard sanctuary shekel, 20 geras to the shekel. Give the silver to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for those who are in excess among the Israelites. So Moses collected the redemption amount from those in excess of the ones redeemed by the Levites. He collected the silver from the firstborn Israelites. 1,365 shekels measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. He gave the redemption silver to Aaron and his sons in obedience to the Lord, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Mark 11, 27 through 12, 17. They came again to Jerusalem. As he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came and asked him, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? Answer me. They discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they were afraid of the crowd because everyone thought that John was truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. He began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard put a fence around it, dug out a pit for a wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and went away. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the farmers to collect some of the fruit of the vineyard from them. But they took him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant to them, and they hit him on the head and treated him shamefully. Then he sent another, and they killed that one. He also sent many others. Some they beat, and others they killed. He still had one to send, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenant farmers said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill the farmers and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This came about from the Lord and is wonderful in our eyes. They were looking for a way to arrest him but feared the crowd because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So they left him and went away. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus to trap him in his words. When they came, they said to him, Teacher, we know you are truthful and don't care what anyone thinks. Nor do you show partiality, but teach the way of God truthfully. 
Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. They brought a coin. Whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they replied. Jesus told them, Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. Psalm 47 God our King For the choir director A psalm of the sons of Korah Clap your hands, all you peoples Shout to God with a jubilant cry For the Lord, the Most High, is awe-inspiring A great king over the whole earth He subdues people under us And nations under our feet He chooses for us our inheritance, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God ascends among shouts of joy. The Lord, with the sound of a ram's horn, sing praise to God, sing praise, sing praise to our King, sing praise, sing a song of wisdom, for God is King of the whole earth. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the peoples have assembled with the people of the God of Abraham. For the leaders of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Proverbs 10, 24 and 25 What the wicked dreads will come to him, but what the righteous desire will be given to them. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more, but the righteous are secure forever. Okay, so we have a pretty interesting scene going on in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus has gone into the temple complex and I mean, we we can imagine this, but this is a this is a large temple complex of many buildings, a very ornate place. Jesus has gone into the complex and and threw over the tables of the money changers, and we might imagine that in any number of ways. But like this is this is the economy like of sacrifice where money is being changed for sacrificial animals and the merchants are doing their business but it has become a market of its own that has lost the point altogether and so I mean as Jesus walks into this complex and starts doing this if if we're not on this side of the gospel if we're just witnessing this happen this looks like vandalism He's just like some crazy person who the people are following is vandalizing the temple. And so they're outraged. And I mean, like any other situation, if the crowds were not involved and somebody just goes into the temple complex and starts causing mayhem like that, they're probably going to be taken off the scene real quick. 
but the people were there and the people were with Jesus and they were listening and he's there in the temple and they have the, all these expectations. And so the religious leaders come to Jesus and say like, like who gave you the right to do these things? Like what authority do you have to do this stuff? And we can look at that as super antagonistic and it is, but I mean, kind of, I don't know. Somebody walks into a church and starts tipping over everything. Somebody's probably going to go like, like, wait, 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 wait. Like, who gave you the right? Like, by what authority? What's going on here? And so Jesus does, does something that's so interesting. And we should see what's happening here. Because they're asking him who, who gave him the right to do what he's doing. And he tells them, look. I'll tell you who gave me the right and authority to do what I'm doing. But I need to ask you a question first. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it from human means? Answer me. That kind of a question right there is very common with Jesus because that's the right question that actually cuts through everything. He's not addressing all of the surface stuff. He's going right at it. Like if you don't understand that John was sent as a prophet by God, then it doesn't matter what I tell you by whose authority I do this. And so he's right at the heart of the matter, but he's also right at the heart of the matter in front of the people. The duplicity of the religious leaders is on display in front of the people because they can't answer that question. And so they end up having to say, we don't know. And then, of course, Jesus says, well, then, then I'm not telling you who gave me authority to do what I'm doing. And it kind of gets interesting in our, our own story if we let this be a mirror. Because, man, how many times... And it's a mirror for me. It's definitely a mirror for me. How many times have we invited the Holy Spirit to come and guide our steps and uh, that we surrender, right? We surrender control. And then, you know, and then the next thing we're doing is like, who gave you the right to do this with our actions? Like, by what authority are you messing with my life? When our thoughts and words and actions don't align with these these hidden motives in our hearts, then we face these same challenges that Jesus presents the religious leaders. We were invited into a life that is true. And man, the thing is, think about it. Think about a life for a second where you literally have nothing to hide. And you've like... Like you might think, oh my gosh, if every, you know, the shame. But just imagine that you have a life where there's nothing to hide and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's true. You, there's, there's nothing between you and anyone else hidden. This is the way of God's kingdom and this is the invitation of sanctification. But if we actually think about what it would be like to be that way 
then we realize just how difficult or even impossible of a thing we're talking about because of like the vulnerabilities. And so we realize the challenge of light and dark, true and false, clean and unclean, pure and impure. These messages have been coming to us for thousands of years. And we see them clearly in the Bible and they come landing into our lap today. And we have the opportunity to consider what a life that is true would look like. And so Holy Spirit, we watch Jesus ask the right question that actually reveals the truth in the Gospel of Mark today. What is the right question for our lives that will expose the truth? Come, bring that to us, we ask today. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com It's own base. That's the website. So we find out what's happening around here. And so do indeed check it out. Check out the community section. This is where you can get connected. But uh, this is also where something that is very near and dear and very much a part of the global campfire community is and that is the prayer wall which is a resource for us as we take this journey there's always a place that we can reach out for prayer even in desperation there's always a place that we can go and offer encouragement and uh, just be brothers and sisters as we take the journey through the bible and so be familiar with that that is in the community section either on the web or in the app And if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if the mission that we've had now, these 19 March 4ths, uh, to bring the spoken word of God, read fresh every day, offered freely to anybody that will listen anywhere on this planet, any time of day or night, and to build community around that rhythm of showing up for each other, this global campfire that we're all sitting around right now. If that is life-giving to you, then thank you humbly for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. This is Julie and Chris from Texas, and we're just calling in to pray for our fellow dabbers. And uh, we just wanted to read from Psalm 19, 7 through 14. Um, And it says, God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our souls. 
His laws lead us to truth, and His ways change the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate His light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to His heart. The revelation light of His word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words, for they warn us, his servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee, great success to every obedient soul. Without this revelation light, how would I ever detect the waywardness of my heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws wherever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me. For only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth and my meditation thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector God. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to walk with us and to teach us, to instruct us in your ways. You are good, Lord. Amen. Hi, family. It's Beloved in Bakersfield. I had a coworker who asked that we would pray for her son. His name is Adrian, and I believe he's 15 years old, um, either 14 or 15. If we could pray over Adrian, I wanted to read Proverbs 3 very quickly, and um, may we pray. So my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and the years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bide them around your neck. Write them on a tablet on your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father. The son is in whom he delights. Father God, we just come before you. We thank you for Adrian and the son that you created him to be, Lord. Father, we pray that he would encounter you, that his life would be changed because of who you are, Lord. Father, ultimately for this son, we pray salvation for him. Um, God, you have knit him. You know every aspect of him. And so, Father, you are the one to um, speak to him in only a way that you can. Um, for my my sweet, beautiful coworker who trusts you and and loves you so deeply, Lord. May she see the miracle of salvation in her son. And uh, Hi, family. This is Prisoner of Hope calling. I want to give a shout out to Jamie from New Jersey. Oh, brother, we thank you so much for faithful encouraging. I love you, and this family loves you, and we're just asking for God's blessing. Dawn from Georgia, praying for your sister-in-law who has cancer, and also for her family who needs salvation. 
I'm Jen to Treasure, praying for your daughter who's still recovering from the vaccine she received. Her elbow's still sore, and now she's hurt. So also praying for her husband who's not Teresa from Tennessee, you're concerned about losing a lot of weight. Your doctors don't you're praying for them to have insight and for that to be solved. Also praying for Linnea from Los Angeles. Your mom, 94, has two falls. Uh, she's had several broken ribs and vertebrae still for her as she's in pain. And Loving Heart in St. Louis, Missouri, you're continuing to pray for precious Ella uh, concerning her eating disorder. Our hearts just break over we're praying. Jermaine from Clarkville, Tennessee, praying for your friend, Thomas Father, Mike, cancer, healing, and also for your job situation. Precious Father, we ask you to please be near each of us. Please sustain them with grace that their strength and courage would not fail them. Please heal them according to your perfect will. And for those who need jobs, Jermaine and for Junk to Treasure Son, please help them to find gainful employment. And give from junk to treasure son motivation and conviction. And then also for those who don't we know that no one is outside. We know that you are relentless in pursuing sheep. We ask you to go out. Please save by Jesus. We ask this in his name. Hello, DAB family. This is Aaron from Houston. This time I got a prayer request, urgent one, for my cousin Hope and her son Easton. Easton is three months old, and both Hope and Easton have COVID. Uh, Easton is now on oxygen. The fever is being more stubborn than they were expecting, and it's just a dire situation. And the father, Justin, is just exhausted. Everybody just is exhausted. And I can only imagine the amount of trouble and um, stress this is putting them all under. So just be praying for all of them. I'm going to lift them up now. Lord God, I just want to lift up my cousin, Hope. Uh, Lord, her namesake is from you. Hope can only come from you. And right now I am praying in hope and praying for healing for both my cousin and her son. I also pray for Justin uh, that you can help him be able to minister and strengthen his wife as well as uh, his son. And Father, I just pray over the doctors that they can make the right decisions, uh, that this very delicate situation uh, can be handled. Lord, please just be with them. Just give them peace, give them strength, and give them healing, Lord. And I pray that this only bring them closer to you. Father, lead and guide them. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.